0: Welcome back to Growing In His Word, God bless you guys. Well, we're in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter five, and for the believers and non-believers out there, I wanna tell you that this chapter is a radical chapter, and it's the Beatitudes, and it's it's our attitude. It's, it's our attitudes, how do we handle adversity, and how, in this chapter, do we as believers let our light shine before men when we are going through so much. Listen, I don't know if you know this, but part of understanding the beatitudes and the love of Christ is that the beatitudes are comprised of three elements and a per, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a pronouncement of blessings, a quality of life and a reason why the recipient should be considered blessed and number 1 the first element is found in the way in I'm sorry in the word blessed believers understand that this chapter is so radical that we need to pray before we get into it and let's pray father we ask lord that you the holy spirit father come and aid lord jesus you said that if we understand The role of your Holy Spirit, Father, as our helper, that we will be so excited and let you teach us your word. So today, Holy Spirit, Lord, we call upon you, Father, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. Welcome back to Growing in His Word. God bless you guys. Listen, the teaching and the preaching and the healing of Jesus is spreading throughout the land of Etz Israel. We see the beginning of the ministry of Jesus in last week in chapter four. We see how Satan tried to lead Jesus up to a mountain. And we see how the devil tried to tempt Jesus Christ three times. We see how the devil tried to, uh, distract the Lord Jesus by him fasting to his father. And a angel came. And help Jesus Christ and minister him. He wanted Jesus to perform a miracle and try to get Jesus to do things and be controlled by the devil. We've seen that last week and we know that Christ cannot be controlled by the devil. And so we go on and we understand how last week Jesus said that it was written. And he had the response to all three of these temptations that was to quote the word of God, showing his followers the power of the scriptures in battling the evil one. And so morally wrong with the turning of the stones to bread, Satan was tempting Jesus to do a miracle outside of the father's will. And this explains why Jesus quotes Deuteronomy 8.3. So we see how Christ was 100% human and he was 100% God. But we see the ministry that Jesus was starting... In Mark chapter 1, verse 14, and Luke chapter 4, 14. Isn't that radical? It goes with verse 14 and 14. And Jesus did the work of his father, and he goes on to teach that we must repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand like John, the forerunner. Believers, I'm excited even though I don't sound it, but I am because Satan will try to tempt us, but Christ will always be there for us. And we know as believers that we're going to go through so much stuff in this life and the wicked one is going to try to sway us and try to convince us that there's no other way but but through bitterness and ugliness. In this chapter, Jesus is going to describe what it really means as a believer to enter into a beautiful relationship with the Father. I mean, we, we all need our Father. Sometimes... We depend on our earthly father and, no, and we can't do that because if we depend on human or man, man will fail us. And that's what happens throughout the ministry of Jesus. He, he starts to see how the law wasn't really working for certain groups of people and that the law couldn't save people of their sins and God had to send his only begotten son, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, down to this world, and we read about that in chapter 1, Matthew chapter 1. You guys, I love you guys. This is radical. Listen, you guys, put get your Bibles and turn with me to, to uh, Matthew chapter 1. We're going to be blessed today because blessings is what it's about, man. And we're not talking about those fake blessings you see on TV. We're talking about the real blessings in life. I don't even know where to begin when it comes to addressing the blessings of God. But I know one thing is true. Do you guys feel... Sometimes like life has handed you more than you can handle or that you've been called to accomplish more than you can. Listen, a few days before Jesus was crucified, he had a long conversation with his disciples. It was detailed in John chapter 14, but he encouraged them with the news that although he was about to leave them physically, he wasn't going to leave them all alone. Instead, he promised to send the Holy Spirit to be with them permanently as their helper. And so we could see how the Holy Spirit, our helper, and first John, in John chapter 15, verse 26, and in John chapter 16, verse 7, promises us, Jesus promises us to send the Holy Spirit to his disciples. But he does, he takes a step further and he leaves his Holy Spirit with all of us. So the Holy Spirit is referred to as the comforter, the advocate, the helper, or the counselor. And depending on the Bible translation you guys are reading out there, it it could be in different ways. So when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you, listen to this, from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me, John chapter 15, verse 26. But when the helper comes, who I shall send to you from the Father, now, the reason why we're getting into the Holy Spirit is because it's important. Because the Greek word used here in reference to the Holy Spirit is parkelitos, which means one who is called to one side, especially to help it, help. And so it also means intercessor, an assistant, or one who pleads the cause for another before a judge. So, it is important, believers, and it, it is very important that we focus in the Beatitudes, with a good attitude. Meaning, Jesus Christ, now he's starting his ministry. Matthew chapter 5, Satan tried to tempt him. He's tried, he tried to kill the ministry before it began. And now we can see exactly where we are as human beings and how Jesus wants to bless us. This is a critical, radical unbelievable chapter in the bible it is one of my favorite chapters in fact it took me a long time to get enough courage to even preach this sermon on this chapter why because it is so powerful that i can't even comprehend how it can be told how can a man be born into this world which i do believe born of a virgin mother which i do believe and i receive But the most important part is how can a man, a holy man, say that we can forgive another man when he's wronged us? That is the most radical statement that anyone could ever say. When people hurt you, lie on you, manipulate you, persecute persecute you for Jesus' sake, he says, blessed are you who turns the cheek and says, I love you and I pray for you. This is the most radical statement that Jesus Christ can ever state as God. And I can't understand, even myself, I gotta get on my knees and say, thank you, Jesus, for giving me that grace. And so how do we do this? How does one do this? Well, I will tell you. There's a trick to it, believers. The parkelitos, which is the one who is called to the side, the, the Holy Spirit, the role of the Holy Spirit, is it's all-encompassing. He is our comforter. He is our advocate. He is our father, our counselor, our intercessor, our strengthener, our standby. We don't stop there. When somebody attacks us, we go at him 100 miles an hour with shark teeth. Not me, man. Oh, yeah, you do. Some of you do. But what the Holy Spirit says is, let me convict you. Let me stand in the gap. Let me say, Bob, Tom, Larry, whoever your name is, put it there. God is better. The Holy Spirit can come into us he is part of the Father, Son, and the Holy. He's part of the Godhead. This characteristic of the Holy Spirit is so powerful that people don't give the credit due where it's due, and that's what I'm going to do today, believers. John my, uh, Matthew chapter five verse one says, "In seeing the multitudes, it's <laughs> a lot of people there. Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he was seated." His disciples came to him, they came to him, and they sat. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in the spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, a lot of people, listen to this verse, it says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy verse 8 says blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God listen these are the ones that people forget about these are the non these are the believers i mean that 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 are crying out for God in third world countries and in America and in, in wherever you are these are the believers that are being persecuted they're 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 hurting and they're still there letting the helper the advocate the holy spirit work and Jesus explained the role of the holy spirit to his disciples you see because he works in the world to convince the Convince convince, and convict unbelievers of sin, drawing them to Christ and helping them to realize how desperately they need the Savior. His work continues. Listen, after salvation, as he continually works in the lives of believers to help us grow and mature, nonbelievers don't understand what they're doing. They persecute and they don't understand because they don't have the Holy Spirit to help them testify about Jesus. Years ago, I went out to, I used to go with the church called Christ Love Fellowship. Years ago, man, and, and I'd go out to Riverside and I would see the poor in the ditches. I would see them hungry in the ravines. And we would feed the homeless. No, I don't want no reward. I'm not trying to get my reward now. I'm just giving an example of the uh, what believers should be doing is feeding the homeless. Because this has to do with it. And I would see them in the, in, 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 in the in the gullies. And they were homeless. I, I, I judged, I thought well, to myself, why don't they get a job? Why don't they do this? But God began to show me even other, other times when I was out witnessing, besides with that church, on my own. And there was a man there. He was hungry. And he was homeless. And he was poor. And he was poor in the spirit. And he was, you know, I gave him a Bible and I came back. I gave him, you know, we we blessed him, and, and 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 he was hurting, and I, you know, it was just a bad thing, man, all around. The guy was down on his wits, man, just like the like the like the rich man and the, the ruler. You know, the guy was hungry, and the and the dogs, you know, the story. The dogs were licking his sores, man, and it was like wow, the dogs were just licking this guy's sores, sores, and the guy had a had the dog in the in the gully, and I just I was like wow and the dog was licking his sores i was like man this is crazy and it's 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 it, it, it amazes me how you know you give the guy the bible he doesn't have no word you give it to him come back a week later and he's on fire for the lord and he's and he's just like hungry and you feed him food and he's like no i want more i want i'm hungry for more word, discipleship And the guy wants to, so we begin to disciple him. He gets discipled. He's hungry. Righteousness. He wants the word of God. And there's so many poor people out there that don't know how to get it together. They're mentally ill. They're sick. They're hurting. They're unfortunate. But yet we have billionaires in airplanes Dying with their family in jets. Oh, that's terrible you would say that. Really? What did you do for the poor? How much money did you give to the man in the gully while his feet were being licked by a dog? Did you disciple him in Christ? This is my point, believers. What are we doing with Christ? Blessed Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the poor. Listen to what Jesus is saying, man. It ain't about money. It ain't about drumming up business for yourself. And, and okay, you're living comfortable. Don't you feel bad at night when you sleep? Well, I don't want to hear that. Well, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They're going to heaven. The ruler and the rich man. You know the story. He went and he said, Here we see Luke 16 the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Jesus said there was a certain rich man who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen who lived each day in luxury at his gate by a poor man named Lazarus who was covered with sores. As Lazarus lay there longing for scrapes from the rich man's table, the dogs would come and lick his open sores. Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to sit beside Abraham at the heavenly banquet. And the rich man also died and was buried. And he went to the place of the dead. There in torment, he saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. Listen, man. The rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his finger in the water and cool my tongue. I'm in anguish in these flames. The dude was burning in hell, man. But Abraham said to him, Son, remember that during your lifetime you had everything you wanted. You had your jets. You had your TBN programs. You had your luxury donations given to your churches. You lied to the Holy Spirit like Ananias and Sapphira. What have you done for the poor? What have you done for the people? I don't want to hear that. I'm a big-time pastor. Don't tell me that. Or I'm a big-time businessman. Don't tell me that. No, listen. But Abraham said, son, remember that during your lifetime you had everything you wanted and Lazarus had nothing. So now he is there being comforted and you are in anguish. And besides, there there is a great uh, chasm separating us. There's a big gap and no one can cross over it to you from here. And no one can cross over to us from there. So keep smiling while you're collecting people's money. And when tidal waves washes through your churches, you don't want to put them up in hotels until the news channels come to use your front door. Listen. Oh, you can't say that. I am saying it. Some churches are corrupt, but not all of them. Then the rich man said, please, Father Abraham, at least send him to my father's home. For I have five brothers, and I want him to warn them so they don't end up in this place of torment. But Abraham said to Moses, and the prophets have warned them. Your brothers can... You can read what they wrote. And the rich man replied, No, father, Abraham, but if someone is sent to them from the dead, then they will repent of their sins and turn to God. But Abraham said, if the, listen to this, but Abraham said, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead. You see, God loves the poor. He resists the proud. Poor in spirit is to me the same when you don't have enough food to put in your mouth. Listen, believers, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Filled because money, sex, violence, scandalous things in life, they don't fill that void. The Holy Spirit fills that void believers believe me when i say that the holy spirit will help us tremendously as our teacher if we allow him to fulfill his role in our lives listen in john 14 26 speaking to this to his disciples jesus said that the holy spirit will teach them all things and will bring to their remembrance all that he had spoken to them listen it's in luke chapter 12 jesus told his disciples not to be anxious over what to say whenever they had to speak in defense of the gospel, because the Holy Spirit will teach them what to say. On the same note, Paul made it clear in 1 Corinthians, you guys, 2, verses 13, that God's word cannot be understand, that God's word cannot be understood and explained by human wisdom. Instead, the Holy Spirit interprets spiritual truths to those who are spiritual believers. Okay? We need to make it a habit to ask the Holy Spirit to teach us and fill us with spiritual wisdom and understanding of the word. And then, when we do that, we won't have so many poor people dying of hunger. But this is talking about spiritually. They're dying spiritually also. Listen, believers, there's three parts here. God blessing the humble and resisting the proud can also be found in Proverbs 3, 34 and James 4, 6. We see this. We need to be the salt. Listen, and we're going to get into that. For they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they t- they shall they should obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. If you want to see God, I don't really believe. I did a program. Uh, you know, we we have the Jew and the Gentile program. I don't I don't believe that. a lot of people are going to heaven i believe that a lot there's only going to be maybe 10% or less because people are selfish they don't love god like they say the test of knowing god have you ever read in the bible where it says in john the test of knowing god the test of knowing god is so unique because John describes the test of knowing God is that if you love one another and in John chapter two, verse three, it's the evidence. It's the evidence. It's easy to say to someone, oh, I I know God, but what does that really mean? First John two, three provides three tests or they're evidence of what it means to know God and to be true fellowship with him. And it begins with the phrase "If he says, by applying this test to one's life. A, per, a person can see whether he or she really knows God. And is, is has an ongoing fellowship with him. What am I saying here? I'm saying the test applies to believers. It's true. And if a Christian says I know him. God. But fails to obey his instructions. That person is a liar. And the truth is not in him. We really know and understand God's character and what he desires of us. We and we obey will obey him. But if basically there's a sharp contradiction between our profession to know God and the way we live every day, then we lie about knowing God. And you must help one another. We got to help believers and non-believers. It's the test of abiding in him. Verse 6 says it. It says that he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just even as he walked. He he who, he who says refers to someone who claims to abide and the maintain fellowship with God. Believers, don't drift away. Understand that there's not going to be many people going to heaven. And I'm sorry. Jesus is giving an illustration here. About the test of affection, a professing believer without love is full. Of, you know what? Garbage. He who says he's in the light and hates his brothers in darkness. You know, they, there's these types of people do not um consistently consistently live up to what they profess to believe. You guys, they claim to be Christians, but their hatred for someone in for for someone uh, in Christ contradicts their claims. And there, there's basically. An error there. It's a, it's not. You guys, listen. This is exp- this is so nobody will teach this. They want to teach the whoopee whoopee. Oh, uh. oh how sweet the beatitudes are, man. Rise above it, man. Listen to this. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Look, verse eight says, "Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God." If we if we live like Christ, let the Holy Spirit in us, we will. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the righteous sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they. Blessed are you when they rev- when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. What it is is they hate God subconsciously so they want to come at you. Whether it's being rich, yes, you can be rich and not be greedy and go to hell. There's a lot of rich believers out there who give a lot of money to the poor. I'm not making any judgments, believers. I'm just testifying on what God Wants us to be and how he wants us to live. He wants us to live a life in his mercy, love, and compassion. Jesus loves us, man. He loves us so much. He sat on that mount, and I've sat there myself eating a falafel, reading the same chapter here in It's Israel. I can see where this is going, believers. God has a plan for every one of us. But how do we fulfill his plan? It's not being blinded by money. Get to your pinnacle of what you want. And start sharing with others. I'm not saying make a donation to my ministry. I don't have one. I have a free, non-denominational free program here that teaches word to word, verse to verse. I have a day job. Believers, believe me, God wants you to come into a relationship with him. He doesn't want you to be blinded by the devil. Satan tried to tempt Jesus in the last chapter three times. Don't let him tempt you. Don't give in to the temptation. If you want to make money, make your money. Wonderful, make it. But make something of it. Share with the unfortunate. Do for the unfortunate. Do with them. Help with them. Help them. Help Help the people that cannot help themselves. Because that's what God says. Okay? It's the love of money that is the root of all evil. It's the love. Okay? The love of it is what Christ is saying. Don't love money more than your, your beautiful Jesus, your beautiful Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit teach you. Let the Holy Spirit give you wisdom and understanding of the word. Also, let us remember to ask him to bring these spiritual truths to a remembrance in situations where we need to apply them. So next time you see a man in a ditch or a woman that doesn't have any money or, or a child or a... Help them. Feed them. Give them food. Give them spiritual food. It's not our business to judge where they're going or who they're going to. Help them. You might be helping an angel and you don't even know it. You might be being tested by God and not even know it. Listen. The Holy Spirit can help by giving us specific instructions. He can also reveal future events to us that will serve God's kingdom agenda in our lives and it's imperative that we cultivate the habit of paying attention to him all the time always inquiring what he will have us do in all situations Jesus' followers yielded to the direction of the holy spirit acts chapter 13 verse 12 and they were worshiping the lord and fasting the holy spirit asked for barnabas and saul to be set aside for the work to w- the work to which he had called them And also in Acts 16, Paul and Silas were traveling through the region. Remember that? They're in uh, Phrygia and Galatia. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to proclaim the word in the province of Asia. They were also forbidden to go into the province of uh, Bithynia. It basically was Turkey because God was doing something before they got there. Believers, rest. Rest in the Holy Spirit. It's our intercessor. It help, it, he helps us in our prayer. Romans chapter eight, verse 26. And we understand that we do not know what to pray, what to pray and to pray and how we ought to pray. But he comes to, and he comes to our aid by interceding before God on our behalf, according to God's will for our lives. Listen, believers. The revival starts with you on the mountain. Jesus is our rock, our foundation. Psalms 101, it talks about the, the uh, elements, okay? The picture of a kind of person who will inherit Christ's kingdom. The third element looks at ahead of some aspect of the coming kingdom. Blessed are the sport, poor in spirit, the idea of God blessing the humble, and resisting the proud. We believers need to resist the devil and and be in the light. We need to be the salt of the earth and not lose favor. The, the flavor. How what happens, man, is we we you know how how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under the under the foot by men. We gotta be the light. When the candle goes out, we gotta light another one. We gotta keep going, serving finishing the race Paul says Father we come before you we're out of time today Lord on chapter 5 Lord we, we end in verse 13 Lord but we know that there's more to life we know that you set the example for these radical awesome loving disciples Lord we pray that we hunger and thirst for more of your righteousness not ours for we want to be filled Because you are merciful, Lord. So, Lord, I ask right now, Lord Jesus, that you bless the poor, bless the hungry, bless the unfortunate, cause billionaires to give money to feed the people. In your name, Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys. And next week, we're going to finish the Beatitudes, man. We're going to take our time on this. It's a radical chapter. I want to go back even and hit some more on it. I love it. I love what God's doing. I love how the forgiveness is going to come into play and how we can't be bitter, but we got to get better. God bless you, man. And we love you guys. Thank you for growing in his word. Have a radical week, man. Jesus Christ, we love you, man. And remember, you see somebody hungry, feed them. God bless you guys. And uh, give to the homeless. Take your harder earned money. Give a little bit to the homeless. And give it to Jesus while you're doing it. You'll feel better. God bless.